Hello, and welcome back to Bravely Discord. I'm Adam, and I'm joined, of course, by my pals Josh and Ryan. We've got some in-depth stuff tonight, but Ryan, before we start, would you please open us in prayer? Uh, I would love to. Uh, please bow your heads. Dear Heavenly Father, uh, we come before you once again um, just to praise you um, for all that you've done for us in the past few weeks, uh, the last few hours, and the last few days. Lord, thank you so much for your um, grace and your provision as we come together once again to talk about a topic. Lord, may our words be sweet. Um, may we be guided by you as we are sent out through the digital waves or the airwaves and just whatever our words are, let them be glorifying to you. And if anything that we say um, is uh, not so, um, that you would correct us and help us to um, be humble enough to realize our mistakes. And in Jesus' precious name, amen. Amen. Quick logistical update for everybody. The three of us have been recording some side quests, and boy howdy, we are so excited to see what you all think of those. We've been having a lot of fun. Oh, yes. <laughs> Little too much. Josh and I might have invented some characters that are going to stick around, so... If you're interested, we've got side quests coming soon. I With Peter you, near Gobble. you. I love you, Gobble. Preview of coming attractions, ladies and gentlemen. The Remember the name. Preview. Garble. <laughs> oh, Wait, man. is it Gargle or Garble? Garble. Okay. I, I'm, 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 I've, I've been saying it wrong the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> I'd like to think that that was on purpose. Uh, it totally was on purpose. I know it was. Man. So how y'all been? Whew. Uh, pretty good. Uh, Four years hit me hard and fast. Yeah. We've been... I've worked on derby cars, uh, Pinewood derby cars with my kids. So that's been uh, fun. Uh, oh, I miss Pinewood derby. Do you want to help? Because I am not... I loved Pinewood derby growing up, man. I would love to help you. Oh, man. Well, it's due this Saturday, so I don't think there's time. But well, next time. Yeah, next time. Granted, For though, sure. being able to experience that with my kids has been fun. Uh, I had an idea of how my son's car was going to look. It was Batman-themed, and it was going to have the coolest edges and like the perfect Bat logo, and then he painted it, and it looks like a jackson pollock mixed with a van gogh so i guess it works but yeah it's just his artistic side coming out there's nothing wrong with that no nothing at all but you judgmental father no i'm sorry i'm a i'm a marketing i i'm a minimalist i'm sorry uh, it was in my head <laughs> <laughs> man batman would be a minimalist wouldn't he he only works in black and sometimes very 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 dark gray and yellow. Don't forget yellow. That's true. That is very integral to the suit. And I've never understood that because it's really bright and obnoxious. But I'm, that's a tangent for another day. Yes. <sighs> Gosh. Days. Yeah, days are weird. Yeah, days are long. Days are hard. And funny enough, I think that's mainly what we're going to talk about tonight. Uh, if you all have noticed clearly by now, the title of this episode is Witness While You Work. Effective evangelism in the everyday. And, do, 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 do. 
congratulations, Josh got the pun. <laughs> but yeah, we just we just wanted to kind of take you all through what we do day to day and how we can be the salt and light where we are and how we do what we do when we do it. And the the nicest thing about doing a podcast with these two is that we all leave, lead very, very different lives. So I think I would like to start with Ryan. Okay. Um, would you just give us an average day and what evangelism looks like where you're at? Oh, yeah. It's really easy, but also not at the same time. But it's really easy because for those of you who have been listening, you know that I work at a small Christian college. And so my day-to-day evangelism is integral to my job. So a lot of the people that we come, that come, a lot of the students, a lot of them come already because of their faith. Uh, They want that Christian education. They want the mentorship that they get through the faculty and the staff. So I feel like I'm cheating in this subject (laughs) because everybody I work with, that is our job. Um, So a day-to-day for me uh, to go about is, and I'll actually use a Wednesday um, because that's when we have chapel. So evangelism is integral to, as I've already said, to what we do, but Every week we come together as a campus to worship the, our Lord and Savior. And now, knowing that not everybody at a college, a Christian college, is saved. So, being a part of the chapel team and talking about what we and how we interact during chapel and outside of chapel, we make sure that we understand that. The people who are saved... God has already reached them. The light is already there. We want to be able to show that light in everything we do for those who may not be saved or may still be seeking because God's always working in the lives of those. So every day we start the day um, with prayer. Uh, We talk about it. But the, the beauty of it is, and a lot of people don't realize this, is we don't talk about Jesus every day because as I've already said, everything we do is based around Jesus and God. And one thing I'd like to say is in James, um, I'm bad with references. So give me a second. So in James, when he's talking about faith without works is dead. Um, and verse is, uh, 18 so James 2 18 but someone will say you have faith and I have works show me your faith without your works and I will show you my faith by my works you believe that there is one God you do well even the demons believe and tremble but do you want to know O foolish man that faith without works is dead was not Abraham our father justified by works when he offered Isaac his son on the altar do you see that faith was working together with his works and by works faith was made perfect And the scripture was fulfilled, which says, Abraham believed God, and it was accounted to him for righteousness. And he was called the friend of God. You see then that a man is justified by works and not by faith alone. Um, So daily, we, as you said, we want to be the salt and light. So we live out our faith because those become our works and our faith drives 
our works and our work is the students and mentoring, discipling the students in everything we do. I work in the events department and I lead the AV team. And so everything I do, it's actually funny and I'll end on this little anecdote. Chapel sound went bad the one day um, and part of the job is to try and get it to work again during chapel. But one of my teammates came to me and he was like, you know why chapel went bad? And I was like, no, because like we had done everything we were supposed to do and everything was working. He looked at me and he's like, we didn't pray before chapel started. And in that moment, I just, I understood like our job is to not, we evangelize, but our job is more of a discipleship and just realizing that he was there like, oh yeah, I'm, it's not a superstitious thing. It's a, we should be taking our requests to the Lord because of our faith and just knowing that they're listening and that they're there. So my day is pretty much always just living out um, what Jesus has taught us. Just live like him, um, be like him. And everybody on campus does that. Um, and we have people to mentor. And the nice thing is, and again, I feel like I'm cheating, but we work together in that and that is our mission and our goal and starting meetings with prayer and working together for that common goal for the Lord is what we all do um, every single day. So yeah, it's not really evangelism. It's more uh, discipleship and mentorship and the evangelism comes um, for the students that get to see that and um, see how we put our faith in Jesus Christ. Yeah, you mentioned a lot of James. We landed pretty hard there uh, in faith and works coinciding all at once. Um, I know you mentioned a little bit of what you did, but what are some of your job description duties, just so we can have an idea of what your faithfulness and work looks like? So I am a part of the events team, which we actually are now our own department within uh, the school. And I day in day out work to coordinate um, with the various departments to make sure that events are run uh, and the equipment they need, the gear they need, the uh, tables, chairs, the setup, the, the room look, the cleanliness is all handled for an event. So that could look like turning around a room or vacuuming a room or uh, putting more tables and chairs, basically getting them what they need. My secondary function and what has kind of become my primary function also is the AV team. Uh, for anybody that I know listening, shout out to you guys. You guys are awesome. Uh, thank you for all of the work you do. Uh, I know at least one of you is probably listening. So thank you. Um, I'm very grateful for all of my students. They are amazing and they put their best foot forward. Uh, but I run the AV team and I guide through that to help them. And I've learned more from them than they've probably learned from me, but just making sure that they sound across campus is good in all of the rooms. So I work with the IT team to integrate sound into all of the rooms, uh, got to install a sound system and we'll be installing another sound system in a room here soon. But yeah, making right. sure everything sounds great for events. Yes, and we have you to thank 
Um, without Ryan, this show would literally not exist. So Ryan, we appreciate all that you do, not only in your work life, but for Bravely Discord on the whole. Oh. You are integral, and we appreciate you. Well, thank you. Of course. Josh, you are up next. Give us some of your work responsibilities and how you are a salt and light where you are. Oh, you put me on the spot, even though I knew this was coming for minutes on end. Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> all right, yes. So, as, a, as an elementary music teacher... Um, just, I mean, as a teacher in general, I mean, my, my duties are literally to teach my subject to the kids, instill a sense of desire and, um, eagerness to learn about music and what it can do for you and what you can do for it, uh, <clears throat> while working with others. But obviously we don't all work in environments that are um what's the word i'm looking for here that are uh super welcoming to faith faith believers to christians um so i this is actually something i've been it, it really actually this is really ironic that we're talking about it this week because i've struggled with this very concept and it uh, it ties in um to my issues lately i've been having a lot of issues with motivation and just wanting to go to school to work. Um, so it's good to have this conversation right now because it ties in anyways. I'm rambling. Um, I kind of, I sat, I was sitting down this morning and I put it down into like four easy bullet points. Um, one, live your faith simply. We don't have to make loud displays of our faith in front of our coworkers nor to our kids. We just don't. You also don't have to shrink into the background because of that. Um, in my area specifically, it's best to be a subtle influence on people without drawing too much attention to myself, attention to myself, which is difficult because I'm a musician and I like to draw attention to myself because I'm an extrovert and a performer. Anyways, how we can do that in the workplace though, um, super simple if people are gossiping if teachers are gossiping or if students are gossiping don't contribute to it because that's mm. not that's not fruitful mm -hmm. um in, in any way shape or form um and if i have a student or a coworker that comes up to me i i've given thought to this like if they share a problem with me a personal problem quietly pray for them don't make a big spectacle out of it live simple faith simply tell the truth be kind help people period um just i know that sounds mundane and just wa uh really washed out but they are they will know we are christians by our love they will automatically start over time they'll people will notice that Gee, there's something about there's there's something different about him. There's something different about her by, by the way that we live, both professionally and personally. Um, and as a teacher, first and foremost, especially in today's culture, you have to get to know people. A lot of teachers nowadays have a tendency, and I'm not calling anyone out specifically, to just go to work, teach their material, go home not take any moments out to get to know the kids at all 
Um, and that's it's that's not how you build relationships. That's not how you get to know people, and all that. Um, so that means taking the time to invest in other people. So be present to the person in front of you. Show interest in their conversation and their, whatever they're sharing with you. Uh, spend time listening, asking questions. Again, um, take a person-centered approach to your time in your workplace because that will show that you are you were invested, you were interested, you want to know how this person is doing. The, again, it, as I'm saying this, it sounds so... Hmm... What's the word I'm looking for here, guys? Um, not Christian. <laughs> paradoxical, I, maybe? Pa paradox, yeah. thank you. That's a better word. Paradoxical. Um, which Christ doesn't call us to be spectacles. He calls us to not pray loudly, pray quietly, pray, pray softly for others. Um, and just... You know what? Just have a heart. Have a heart. Have a heart for Christ. So, uh, this is where my problem has been kind of culminating in multiple roads to this point. I haven't had the heart to want to share my faith in some regards because I've been so laser focused on, you know, I'm struggling in the classroom with classroom management, with behavior management. How do I get? The, how do I keep the kids on t on on task at all times as long as possible? And I haven't. I just haven't had that eagerness to share my faith. Um. So, I kind of had this moment later this afternoon. Like, okay, maybe if I don't have that eagerness to share my faith and share my heart, maybe I need to double down on my relationship with God first and foremost. Um before I can start trying to pour into other people with that, you know, with the eagerness that we should have as Christians to share our faith, share our love. Um, you can't pour into other people if you yourself are running on empty. That goes with every aspect of life, especially as a teacher, because if I'm tired, if I don't want to be there, I have to recenter myself. That's going to sound real selfish, but as Christians, we have to have, we have to make sure that our heart is in the right place, that our mind is centered on Christ and not ourselves and how we can benefit from whatever it is we are doing in that moment. It is how Christ can benefit. Mm -hmm. mm, that's if good. any of that makes sense. No, no that's really good. Um, yeah. No, so in the, in, yeah, in the classroom, I, I know you mentioned that management has been sort of a struggle for you. Uh, and you don't have to answer this if you don't want to, what has been, in your experience, the most effective way at, number one, keeping yourself in the Christ-like mindset, and number two, getting those kids back in control? Realizing the first and foremost that I am a sinner, period. I am a sinner. I am no, the kids are no, I am no more guilty than anyone else. I, I'm sorry, I'm no less guilty than anyone else. We are all a mess waiting for Christ to just come into our lives and wreck us even more for the better. Mm. I, and when I find myself 
getting to a point where I want to burst, I have to take a step back and just quietly recollect myself. Um, not, you know, like pausing class, but finding a moment in the lesson where I can just back away for a second and let the kids experiment with whatever they're working on. Um, I try to look for those moments if I need it, if that makes sense. Yeah. yeah. I guess that means it's my turn. Yeah, I was and... just going to say, now let's go to the secluded. <laughs> yeah. The only one who doesn't work in academia, believe it or not. <laughs> so, yeah, like... If you all have been listening, I am a payroll accountant for a small local firm here where I live. And being a payroll accountant, that basically means I don't have a lot of interaction with clients. Um, what interactions I do have, obviously, I need to, number one, just be cordial. Uh, I am working for them. They are paying me to do stuff for them. So there's no sense in being rude. Now, some days that's harder than others. This week, even, for example, I've got a lady who works with me on almost every aspect of the company she's with, and she's difficult to work with. Let me tell you all, she is pushy, she's rude, she doesn't communicate well, and I don't take rudeness in the workplace well. So when that rudeness does come up from clients, I have to take a deep breath on the phone or just quietly recollect myself like Josh was saying in person and just remember Christ-like first you are not the dictator of how this conversation is going to go you need to walk away don't email angry is a phrase that I have been saying a lot in my professional life and it's just it's true uh, there's no sense in giving in repaying evil for evil uh turn the other cheek as it were be that little christian that you're supposed to be and show grace and that's really hard some days like i said but outside of clients it's quiet i am mostly to myself i have my own office all of what i need is in my own little room I can interact with my coworkers, sure, but even then, I don't really need to unless a question is asked of me. And even then, that's just something like, hey, Adam, what number needs to go in this line? Or did XYZ send payroll for us? It's nothing, you know, that would start gossip, per se, about a client, even though we, we have been guilty of that occasionally, talking poorly about clients behind their back. And that's nothing to say that they don't know anything about taxes, because most people don't. I think that's fair to assume. But it's when we take that next step and say, oh, this person's an idiot. I can't stand working with them, which, again, we've been guilty of. It's just it's something that we shouldn't be doing. And I hope that we recognize that. <laughs> but it's it's different from what you all do, certainly. So more than being a light to people it's more remembering that i am that light just in general does that make sense yeah yeah no that uh that really just shows that we need 
more than ever God's grace in order to evangelize in whatever our workplace may be. I know we all work in different areas. Uh, I work at a Christian college. Josh works in education for uh, elementary and you work with people on a daily basis, which kind of got the whole plethora of uh, workplace there. But yeah, it is hard and that does make sense uh, when you're working with numbers and people um, in an area that is very hard to have grace and just how you rely mm -hmm. on God to be able to evangelize or be a light in those situations. And even then, it's maybe not even showing grace, but maybe receiving grace as well. Just remembering whose you are in the moment to moment when you're on the job, remembering that you're supposed to be that light. Mm -hmm. Going to sound like a broken record here, but Matthew eleven twenty eight, 28. <laughs> uh, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. And that and that's grace and rest um, that we need to remember who is really empowering us in those moments. Yeah. And not even in those moments, not just in those moments, I should say, gosh, don't want to sound like a heretic this soon. <laughs> <laughs> Stick with me. I promise there's a point to this. It's not just in the workplace. I mean, obviously this faith is a second to second thing mm -hmm. and we don't turn it off when we clock out. Mm -hmm. So not only are we showing Christ in the workplace, but in the ordinary as well. So mm -hmm. off the top of your all's head within the past week or two, are there any instances where you were, you know, grocery shopping, you were filling up your car, you were picking something up from the store um, that you just felt the need or were able to show Christ in the mundane? Hmm. And I can start if we need to. <laughs> yeah, actually, go ahead. Because I'll say at least this much, and then you go ahead, Adam. It, it's really hard because it feels like there's times where you're really on fire and you want to or you feel led to do that. I remember praying with random people um, at times in my life, and sometimes it's just I want to go in and out of the grocery store. So it's kind of a hard question, but go ahead, Adam. And Yeah. So this is going to speak a lot about – as to who I am as a person, but we'll get there when we get there. Uh, long story short, I received a gift card uh, for payment for a gig that I played with my church band. Uh, we very rarely get paid. So when we do get paid, it's always just a nice little thing. We're very grateful for it. But gosh, I think it was last week I ordered a pizza and I had fully planned on paying for it with the gift card in the store. Because, you know, it's free money at that rate, and gift cards only depreciate in value over time, so may as well use it. So I get to the store, uh, pick up my pizza, and we start the transaction process, and my gift card doesn't work. We try a different way to get it to work. It still doesn't. We try about what felt like six or seven ways and the gift card never worked. Now, under certain circumstances, a lot of people would have gotten angry over that. And certainly I could feel some annoyance bubbling up in myself, but 
I, I just remembered where I got the gift card ultimately and what I got it for doing. And that was very humbling for me. And in that moment, I remembered, oh yeah, grace. Mm. It's not their fault that the gift card isn't working. Mm-hmm. So take a, I took out my credit card. I swiped it. I walked out with my pizza and the transaction was fine. Mm-hmm. And again, I know that speaks tons about who I am as a person, but your man likes his pizza. <laughs> hey, you gotta have the pizza. That's, um, that is, uh, important. What, mm-hmm. if, if I may ask though, where was the pizza from? Because that's just as important as just having pizza. Yeah. Oh man, this is a loaded question and I know I'm <laughs> going to get heat from at least one of you. I'm a Domino's guy. Yes. I knew it. Yes. What do you mean you knew it? Ah, <laughs> uh, you, you, uh, you have always struck me as a Domino's man. <laughs> as a Domino's man? Is there derision in your voice? Am I sensing a bit of spite? Absol- absolutely not. I'm just adding a little bit of spice. <laughs> Fair enough. But well, you get your pizzas, Josh. Domino's. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so no heat from us. Domino's ah. is... So good. I mean, Papa John's is a close second, but there's Mm. not very many Papa John's around me. Papa John's was good up until the point that all of that stuff went down and what, the CEO stepped down? I don't know. Something about it, it it just, I don't know if it was... Some racist allegations. Yeah. Yeah. I I mean, yeah, there was that whole thing, but... uh, Yeah. Yeah. And... Oh, well. Yeah. Uh, Honestly, though, the best pizza is from a little mom and pop shop that is more of a franchise but it's it's a pennsylvania western pa ohio franchise it started in i know the one you're talking about newcastle are you ready for this Uh, do you know josh go ahead okay i haven't lived in pennsylvania in three years you're gonna have to remind me but i think i have an idea pizza joe's pizza joe's yes joe's never had it oh adam you need to come and it is it's incredible. Pizza Joe's. I believe you. I, I trust your all's opinions on pizza now. So I, like, I, I can. You trust our opinions on pizza. <laughs> hey man, it's an important <laughs> thing. I don't want to hear it. And, and the, the people who make the pizza, no matter where it's at, as long as it's a good place, because we don't talk about places like Pizza Hut anymore. Uh... We don't <laughs> talk about pizza. Hut. No, no. <laughs> Oof, the cringe. Uh, I miss good Pizza Hut pizza. The 90s. I miss the buffets mm. at Pizza Hut. That's what I miss. Buffets in general were great. Is- I had a buffet for lunch today, and it was Ooh. wonderful. Ponderosa. No, not Ponderosa. Was Ponderosa a buffet? Yes. So yeah. was Haas's. Oh, Haas's. Ooh, yeah, Haas's. Haas's. I, j- I love Haas's. My wife doesn't understand my obsession with Haas's. Golden Corral's good. But anyway, we are getting Oh, off no, you get out of here. <laughs> We're going to talk about the podcast topic now, <laughs> after that heresy. <laughs> uh, so, you're, yeah. Um, and, and the one thing we forget as Christians, though, to get back to what you said earlier about our light doesn't turn off just because we clocked out, is work, we've, we've grown up, especially in America, to think that work is simply what we do from nine to five or from five to one in the morning or whatever our hours are 
um, or 12 hour days. Some of us have those occasionally, but we forget that our whole life, the things that we do are work as well. Uh, and sometimes it doesn't feel like that, which is great. Like, uh, doing volunteer work doesn't always feel like it like I know you guys are either in choirs or bands or something like that but that is a form of work it's a form of worship um to the Lord and uh Proverbs 16 13 or sorry Proverbs 16 3 tells us to commit your work to the Lord and your plans will be established and so as we go about our days we should be constantly finding ways to show grace like you you did to those workers adam at domino's pizza mm-hmm. uh the more we say it the more i think we might be getting we we might be get uh uh what's a uh, uh oh man i'm blanking on words that adhd thing uh <coughs> we might get a sponsorship there we go <laughs> <laughs> that's cute and then Ecclesiastes 3.22 tells us there's nothing better than that all should enjoy their work for that is their lot. So like we should enjoy God. So we should enjoy our work um, and everything we do. And then we should reflect God in that. So uh, Josh, before I give an example, do you by chance have an example? Cause I don't want to keep talking. If... No, 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 no. You okay. keep rolling. You keep rolling. <laughs> keep, you, yeah, keep rolling. the memento. Uh, so to answer your original question, when, when I was working at the car dealership, um, I, I can't remember exactly. I, I worked at a car dealership and it was a non-Christian establishment. Most of the owners were Catholic. Uh, and there's the, uh, backlash I'm going to get. Oh, that's, that's Christian. No. Uh, anyway, uh, <laughs> There was a few people. You are not Catholic. (laughs) There was a few people I worked with who I, I, like, you just get a sense when you work at a place, the people who are faithful and those who aren't. I mean, we're going to be known by our fruit. And not that we're judging. Exactly. But there was a lady there who had just started. um, She didn't last very long, but there was a lady there who had just started. And I remember she was very joyful. Um, and I just got to talking to her and she started talking about her life and being faithful. And she explained how she had had cancer and she was cancer free. And I got the chance to pray with her. And that was really easy because of her fruit. But then there was times where I would be at the grocery store and it's always a running joke with my wife and I get it from my grandpa. So it's a, it's a, it's a hereditary thing. But if I can go into any store and end up spending another three hours in there because I end up talking to someone and I I don't remember the exact instance um, and how it all went down, but I do remember it was in, I believe it was Walmart and I had run into this, this person um, who was just, they just seemed down on their luck and, uh, and not that I believe in luck, but, American language is really bad with our terminologies and our analogies. I, I just, I started talking to them and I, I, I kind of got a, an idea of who they were and I decided, I asked them and, and this kind of set off a, and I, I'm sad to say it, but I haven't been keeping up with this, but this set off a, a, 
chain reaction where after I had done this, finding myself praying with people in the store, just in stores when I would come across them. And I prayed with this lady and she's like, you know, no, I just, I feel very, I feel very peaceful about this. I didn't really get a chance to fully share the gospel because we were both in a hurry. But that those opportunities have come up multiple times uh, throughout my life. When I worked FedEx, I at some of my stops, I got to pray with people. Even if they didn't believe, I prayed with a Catholic back to that once. She had a statue of Mary in her front yard. And she said, I, I pray to it every day. I was like, well, I, I pray with to Jesus every day. Do, do you mind if I pray with you? And, and I pray with God and I spend time with him. And, and being in FedEx, you don't always have time to. And I wish I would have explained better. No matter what we're doing, we should always be looking for those opportunities to pray. Because our work is for the Lord. And everything we do is working for the Lord. So from the moment we wake up, whether we're married, not married, have friends, live with people, we have work that needs to be done. Mm-hmm. Mm and it's all well and good to seek out those opportunities when you can. Uh, I'll just share this briefly. Um, I live very close to our neighborhood grocery store, and nine times out of ten, even if I'm in a hurry, more often than not, I've run into somebody who just I just randomly strike up conversation with, and like you said, get to know them just a little bit, get to know where they're at and where they're at in life. It ends up I'm praying with them and. I've actually bought lunch for a couple of them a couple <laughs> times, um, but it's it's been kind of cool to get to know some people in the neighborhood, and I, I haven't necessarily seen those people around more than just that one occasion, um, so I don't know what their circumstance was, what their circumstances were after our meeting, um, but yeah. Mm. So here's here's a sort of interesting question I just thought of right now, and I think we can dive a little bit into it. You two, Josh, I know you're an extrovert. Ryan, would you describe yourself more as an extrovert or an introvert? I am 75% extrovert, 25% introvert. I love being with people. I love hanging out with people, but I need at least a day um, to recuperate uh, afterwards. Uh, because Pick I'm a sure. side, you fence hopper. <laughs> I'm sorry. Pick I, a side. <laughs> I need to be able to recharge and do the things that I also like to do. Um, because a lot of times when you're with people, you, you got you do things as a group. So you don't always get to like do your hobbies. And, and that sounds selfish, but I mean, I, I need to recharge. No, it, it makes perfect sense. <laughs> yeah. So I'm I'm basically the exact opposite of the both of you. I am not a people person. I am, last time I was quote unquote tested, I was about 85% introvert, 15% extrovert. So my people skills are not great. And that's mainly because I just don't have the social battery to do that. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. uh -huh. Ultimately, my question is, as an introvert, what are some tips for an extrovert to be more vocal other than stepping out in boldness and in faith this is a perfect time for me to say what i wanted to say do not especially when you're stepping out in faith do not use tracks oh <laughs> um, my gosh no i cannot tracts 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 
those little pamphlets that you get the, sometimes. Yeah, the pamphlets oh. like that, like the Mormons would bring you. <laughs> oh, you mean like the, the they, hey, this is the Book of Psalms. Yeah, like pocket size. Well, no, that's that's like no. literally like a pocket size Bible. I, normally, what is 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 it breaks down a belief, like a specific belief within. Oh, mm-hmm. those certain, things. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. A brief like, overview of yeah, yeah. Exactly, like a brief overview of prayer or a brief overview of salvation. I, I cannot express enough. Those are great supplements, but the one thing that, uh, and I made this mistake, so I'm just going to use this example. When I was leaving Target my last day, there was a woman I worked with who was part of the uh, the cell phone area. So for those of you who don't know, and I may be giving away a Target secret, so I'm sorry if the Target police come after me. But No actually, sponsorship there. <laughs> that's all right. Not looking for that. Anyway, um... The mobile cell phone people are separate, so they sometimes will rotate in and out. Technically, Target hires them, but it's a contract. So it might not be the same person every day. They try to have the same person, but might not. So anyway, long story short, this girl was working there. And it was the first time I felt led to speak to somebody in my workplace about the gospel. And I, the Sunday before it was my last day, I pulled a tract from my church i chickened out from talking to her because i was going to talk to her and give her the track and i just put the track on her desk and walked away i cannot express enough as a as an extrovert to an introvert do not use tracks just just don't even consider it unless you get up the confidence to be able to be like okay i'm going to speak to them but i'm going to give them a tract so that they have something afterwards but yeah just mm-hmm. it, it, a tract cannot replace a human interaction witnessing who has witnessed the goodness of God in their life. It just can't. It, it's, it does not. It, it, pe- people learn from experience and other people's experience, not a piece of paper. So, right. In the and especially aspect. because, especially because a tract outlines a certain belief. Mm-hmm. And there's a high chance that a non-believer is going to understand about 0% of those words. Exactly. So, Ultimately, that's going to be ineffective, yes. especially as someone who doesn't necessarily want mm-hmm. to use some of his battery in public. Exactly. So please, 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 please just unless unless you have the time to explain those words or at least sit down with them and it's a mm-hmm. supplement to what you've already said, just leave the tract at home or you know what? Better yet, don't even pick them up. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, so that, that's, <laughs> that's my first, uh, advice. I have some other, but Josh, do you got anything? No, just don't use tracks. May I interject with something a little bit cliche? Yeah. For it. The phrase be yourself is sort of a hot topic in today's day and age, mm-hmm. but I know for a fact that I cannot force myself to be an extrovert. Mm-hmm. So, in that regard, being myself as an introvert, I believe, is enough. Would you all agree with that? Yeah. Yeah. Now, it, it may take a little bit for... It is enough. And, and and there are people out there who are introverts who don't want to talk to anybody. And I can... I, I do believe that, like, if you come across them, God will use that to be like, oh, yeah. Like, you guys could be like, I don't really want to be here because my social battery is low. And then you can use that as an opportunity to be like, oh, yeah, that's cool. <laughs> <laughs> social battery. 
It's a real thing, Mr. Oh. Extrovert. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm an extrovert. I, I like to be around people, but man, I do like enjoy. I do, I do like some time to just be productive by myself. Mm. To quote you from earlier, pick a side. Yeah. <laughs> I'm an extrovert. I just said it. No, that's uh, 20, 80, 75, 25 stuff. Wow. You should get yourself tested. That'd be fun. Yeah. We'll, we'll go along. I am an ENFP. We know, Josh. I, actually, somebody asked me today what my Enneagram number is, and I'm like, what? <laughs> I was like, my wife tells me what I am all the time, and I can't remember uh, what number I am. I don't even know. What I would I'm imagine doing. something like a seven. Mm. I don't even know. I, I, I took the test. I don't even remember what the, my number was. She doesn't mm. tell me all the time, but like every now and then when it comes up, I'm like, what am I again? Hmm. Well, and for the folks at home who care, I am an INTJ. I don't even remember what that is. You're I know I had the same one as Tim Allen for a while, but that's about it. Mm -hmm. oh. uh. Well, actually, jumping off of that, uh, Adam, I, I think a better way to phrase the be yourself is... Oh, and I had it, and then we got to talking. But a better way to phrase be yourself isn't necessarily like, be yourself. Uh, it, it's... Use the gifts that God gave you. Be the person that God made you. Because God will use you no matter if your social battery is low or not. I mean, it could just be a small comment that leads to a full conversation. Don't let the introverted stop you. Like, if, if, if there's the opportunity, like you guys said earlier, just keep rolling. Let God, mm -hmm. let God talk through you. One of my favorite quotes was, because I never heard it, Oddly enough, being in, growing up in a Christian home and, and in the church, I am but a vessel that the Holy Spirit is talking through. And mm -hmm. that alone, if and I love when pastors pray, like, if I say anything that would be wrong or would be from my own lips and not your lips, make sure nobody hears it. And that sounds so silly, but like, we have a tendency to want to over expound because we're on a roll and when we should just be like, okay, here's the gospel. So keep it simple. Also. I, I think that was ultimately the answer I was getting. I was trying to get you all to, because I agree with that a hundred percent. It's not me mm -hmm. being not a people person. It's me having the power flowing through me of the Holy spirit mm -hmm. leading and guiding as to where I need to witness and where I need to be an introvert, mm -hmm. per se. And there's nothing better than walking away from a moment. We went to a men's link uh, and a men's link retreat. And on the way up there, we had a bunch of questions we were talking about. And then we get there and the speaker answers all those questions. And then we're on our way home. And the one guy asked, he's like, what does it feel like when you feel filled with the Holy Spirit, like w when you feel that. And the best way I can describe it is like an electric feeling in your body and complete peace and total clarity. And there's nothing better than walking away from a situation, not in an emotional reaction. It, I mean, it feels emotional because you get like that feeling in your stomach, mm -hmm. but like walking away and then you just like, oh, this is why I did this. This is why God put me here. This is why I was here. This is why I 
I was through these struggles so that I could talk to this person in this moment. And that is why, and you walk away from that conversation realizing it wasn't you, it was God using you and the Holy Spirit working through you because of everything God planned in your life, which goes back to um, Proverbs 16.3, your plans will be established if you commit your work to the Lord. So again, work, that's, that's what we're doing here today. Mm -hmm. Talking about work, <laughs> work, <laughs> Good. work, 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 work. <laughs> but not twerk work. Work. Yes, work, we work, are. Work, we are work, good work. Christian boys here. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, as we continue to talk about this though, um, there, there's one thing, one more aspect that I think we should touch on before we try and wrap things up here, and that's church involvement. Mm. Um, like we've been saying this entire time, whatever we do is work for God. Mm -hmm. And I don't think there's any more effective ministry than how we are involved in the church. Mm -hmm. Would you all agree with that? Mm-hmm. And maybe not ministering to people who are lost, maybe ministering to people who are lost, but more than anything, sharing the joy of, you know, the Lord in worship, in learning, in teaching with your fellow believers in a congregational setting. Mm -hmm. So with that, what is, in your all's opinion, the most effective way to be an example for those fellow believers in your church mm. as you serve? And you can use specific examples, or you can just make general statements. I don't know how swift, swiftly, that's not the right word at all. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how well this relates, but we were, my church just got into our, our new building. We just wrapped up two weeks in there uh, of services. And the first sermon that our pastors talked about was the fact that yeah we're in this cool new building it's awesome great right um yeah all well and good but we need to be out there we need to be out serving not just ourselves we need to be out serving the community because that because at the end of the day that ties back in with our mission statement create a culture continue a legacy create the culture mm -hmm. outside of our church and if it if it coincides with the building itself and with the ministry within the building itself, awesome. If it starts something brand new, great. So Josh, that begs the question, do you take the attitude of yourself and the culture of the church into your 24-7 life? How am I doing that within my own church community? Um, I'm very bad at it right now because I know there are multiple ways that I'd like to serve in my church, like with the youth group, because I'm a teacher. I love youth. I love working with youth, period. But there's a selfish side of me that realizes how much time, that, how many evenings a week that's going to take up mm -hmm. right now. And that might just be a stage of life thing, considering, considering the fact that we have a baby on the way. Um, I, I was involved for a little bit last spring, um, 
and then between schooling and work, I had to drop out because just 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 because of time. Mm-hmm. And I also had expressed interest in possibly wanting to start a choir within the church itself. Uh, now, I did talk to my pastors about that. They didn't say no. They just said every time that conversation comes up, be it, you know, anybody or amongst themselves, the answer is not yet. Because this coincides with the, the first sermon that we had back in the new building. Like, as, as, our, as they were talking about the message of like, yeah, new building, awesome, go out and do stuff. I thought, well... What if we started a choir with the church? Yes, it did stuff within the church and the services themselves, but it was primarily focused on outreach outside of our building, outside of our community, going out to other churches or centers that, you know, may need some God's Holy Spirit moving through music. Mm-hmm. So service through service. Yes, th- service mm-hmm. through service, yes. Gotcha. That's good. Yes. And I think that's a really brilliant thing to do, honestly. I just, I haven't mentioned it to them, and I don't know how to do that, because considering the fact that this was such a recent conversation that I had had them in the, had with them in the first place. Mm-hmm. Because, again, they weren't opposed to it. They just, not yet, kind of thing. It's interesting, and I, I don't think, within the church, I, I think it's really hard. We forget that even those that we are attending service and worshiping with, that we are to serve them and how do how are we serving each other when we're trying to serve as you were talking about josh in the area um whatever area we're in so and how are we and i think it kind of comes down to us edifying and building one another up as the bible calls us to do with each other as believers um we're called paul multiple times through colossians thessalonians all of them just edify edify pray with one another edify and in acts there's a situation where um so in acts 6 there's a situation where the disciples are serving um so the 12 call the community together and they say, and it says, it is not right that we should neglect the word of God in order to wait on tables. Therefore, friends, select from among yourselves seven men of good standing, full of the spirit and of wisdom, who we may appoint to this task. While we wait for our part, we'll devote ourselves to prayer and to serving the word. And the part I like in there is while we, for our part, will devote ourselves to prayer and um, to serving the Lord. Because the thing, other thing we forget, and if you go to Ephesians 2.10, ESV version, I keep forgetting to say version, but anyway, it says, For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. And Josh, you were mentioning about you wanting to do youth group and doing these other things. The thing we forget is, like, we are the hands and feet of God. We're the hands and feet in this world, and he's created us beforehand for workmanship, and we may be created like i lead youth at my church and you teach and you like working with students but there might be somebody at our church that's doing that work and and god set them apart for that and within our church we may all have a different role than what we have outside of the church because we all have gifts and talents that god gave us that might not always mean we're constantly doing the same thing so that it might not mean that we're supposed to always be a chef just because we're a chef outside of work. Yeah, we can serve people doing that, but there might be something else God has called us 
to do within the church. So I think to answer your question, Adam, the best way for us to serve the other members of our church is to figure out through prayer, petition, and working with others in the word of God is to really just work together in the roles that we have and in the way that we are called to do them. The work that we have to do might not be the work that we think we're supposed to do. God might have something else for us. And I think that's the best way is to not limit ourselves because then we, we end up sitting in the congregation and just coming to listen to the sermon when we could be serving somebody in a way that we didn't even expect to be serving. And I would agree with all that you all have said, but I would also like to bring up the point of more quote unquote visible volunteer positions in the church. Mm-hmm. And now let me explain what that means. Um, I know in a previous episode that I've mentioned that I volunteer in the music at my church and that comes in a number of forms. And what I have learned a lot throughout my lives is lives, <laughs> life. Well, um, you are a cat. You do identify as a cat. Yeah, so, so. yeah. I do not identify as a cat that is incriminating <laughs> and I will sue you for all that you're worth. I'm a robot, not a cat. What, all three of my 73 Twitch followers, you're going to sue me for those guys? There's a joke in there, but it's not worth it. <laughs> <laughs> Nevertheless, what I have learned throughout my life is humility in mm-hmm. service. Yeah. Because I am on my church's platform every Sunday, whether that's in the band or in the choir. And my goal is to not perform. Mm -hmm. And I think that can be true in any volunteer position in the church. Mm -hmm. We are not called to make a show of ourselves. Mm -mm. Are we to put our, to use another English aphorism, are we to put our best foot forward and give give God all that we can? A hundred percent. Yes. We are called to excellence in all walks of life. But again, we're not supposed to show off. So ultimately, what our service is supposed to look like, at least in my scenario here, is a humble display of worship to lead others into that atmosphere. Mm -hmm. And Colossians 3.23-24 backs you up. Whatever you do, work heartily as for the Lord and not for men, knowing that from the Lord you will receive the inheritance as your reward. You are serving the Lord Christ. And when people see that, that's a better reflection than you singing ACDC in church. And yes, I have been to churches that do that before service. But I digress. That's a different conversation. That's the worship conversation. (laughs) Uh, I could say something, but I'm going to refrain. uh, So, um, yeah, I'm sorry. Just highway to hell to get you ready for a sermon just ah anyway <laughs> yeah that what? makes yeah that makes no sense yeah it makes absolutely and i would love yeah again yeah. that's another episode <laughs> that's another josh episode. i know I, I know you're pinning the episode on um worship music mm-hmm. so i want you to talk about showmanship as well yes. Th- that's oh. for you buddy yeah oh boy <laughs> so anyway <laughs> no i agree adam we need to and that's hard, and it goes back to the grace thing, and the and and just knowing that to humble yourselves before the Lord and humble yourselves in front of others. And I think that's why we have to realize. And I'm not sure if I said this yet, but one of my favorite quotes from and, and it stuck with me since I started working at my my location. But one of my favorite quotes uh, was, "We work in a mistake environment 
not a mistake free environment. It, it kind of blew my mind to think of it that way because we are human, we are sinful beings, and we make mistakes. And our job is to continually remind ourselves that we shouldn't strive to make mistakes. We should strive to work for the Lord, as we've been saying. But when they do happen, just having that, that grace. So to be humble first and foremost, and to give not only ourselves grace, but to accept and constantly remind ourselves that God is giving us grace, helps us to realize that no matter what I do here, even if I do even if, Adam, you went up there and you did a riff on the bass because you're like, oh, I'm feeling it. Like, just remember that you're doing this for the Lord. And mm-hmm. yeah, so I, I completely agree. Don't be a showman. Because that Josh, funny. anything else? Don't be a show off. Don't be the greatest showman. <laughs> this is the greatest show. Oh, oh, no, oh. Dying. <laughs> Don't be a Hugh Jackman in a, in, a wor- in a world of uh, Chris Pratt's. <laughs> put that yeah. on the t-shirt yeah that's, that's our first merchandise 2024 yes. <laughs> don't be a huge actor or be square <laughs> don't be a huge actman be a chris pratt uh, anyway ryan i think i accidentally cut you off were you gonna say something uh no i i and if i was i don't even remember <laughs> okay well i i think to wrap up this discussion and just to sort of summarize where we all are in our everyday evangelism. I've got Micah 6.8 pulled up, mm. and I'm pretty sure everybody knows this, but I'll just read it anyway. And what does My the Lord require? Of all time. And what does the Lord require of you? To act justly, and to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God. If we're doing that, we're evangelizing as effectively as anyone else can. Closing thoughts, lads? Oh, man, act justly. It's, it's really hard to come after that verse, and I don't want to read the verse but philippians 4 13 about how we can do all things through him who gives us strength that verse micah 6 8 sums up what philippians 4 13 is really actually talking about um and just remember because while we work and while we do everything and while we're going about walking humbly with the lord remember that strength that god gives us in all that we do doesn't mean that we're going to succeed in the way that we think earthly. It means that he will give us the strength in the failures. He will give us the strength in the successes. And he will give us the strength in the work that he has prepared for us ahead of time. To remember that as we walk humbly with the Lord, as Micah 6.8 tells us to, is is something that I, th- I, I think we forget on a daily basis. Mm. Is that it's God's strength, not our own. I'd say... Josh, you should add something, but I think Ryan hit the nail on the head there. Uh, no, I, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna fumble <laughs> anything up at this point. No, you know no what? that was good. I, I think we can fumble something. How do y'all feel about an orb ponderance? Yes, let's do it. Orb, let's... orb, 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 orb. The RNG is pulled up. Mm. I'm going to hit generate right now. Yes. The number. Get you some dice. Y'all keep saying that. Christmas. My gift. address is. My address is one two three four. Your mom's house. Wow. I'm sorry. <laughs> anyway, uh, I need this, some this water is... for that burn. All right. <laughs> anyway, this is a good one. Number seven is James Cameron actually a good director, or is he just stupidly wealthy? That's not Discuss. even a. That's not even a ponderance. He's not a good director. He's just stupid wealthy. <laughs> For... Back up your back up your claim, Josh. Titanic. 
That's all I need to say. He likes submarines. He knows nothing about love. Titanic is a stain on the legacy of the ship of the Titanic. Not the ship of Theseus, like I was about to say. We need a time Titanic was a tragedy, not a freaking love story. I'm sure there was probably a lot of young... Happy. Swifty, swifty couples trying to hook it up on the Titanic in the 1910s. But, man, no! Leo died. I actually, and then he came back in The Great Gatsby. I'm surprised that Taylor Swift hasn't written a love song with a Titanic Don't theme. bring Taylor Swift into this. No, you said Swifty. Not, I said Swifty. Uh, there is a difference. There's get, difference. Get Swifty? Okay. Get Swifty. Not um, Swifty. <laughs> Honestly, I wish I could. I wish I would have known this was going to be the question because I would have brought a timestamp from our third episode. <laughs> yeah. I don't even remember what the third episode was at this point. That was the remake episode. It was the remake episode. Oh yeah. So like we did a whole short stint on this. Um, it was very short stint because uh, we all agreed. But yeah, James Cameron, while while a visionary, and I use that term very loosely. Don't don't give him any credit here. Don't. Hear me out. Hear me out. While I a, know. No visionary all of his visionary was already somebody else's visionary and he's just adapted it to a new time period for example 1984 terminator um he just he just modified and turned anime robots into a time travel epic uh that honestly needed what 50 movies just to get his point across um (laughs) avatar is dances with wolves in space. I wish the general public could give me could see the face that I'm giving you right now. <laughs> this this conversation started and stopped with me. I said everything that's need to be said. I don't yes, care what is, you think. You're this is wrong. Healthy discussion. We're not backing him up. He is he's not. Wrong. He's literally he's literally saying that James Cameron is co- him, You are giving him too much credit. He's copy pasting. He's not doing yeah. anything new. I, I'm just using <laughs> flourishing words to explain my point. Um, he doesn't deserve the flourishing. He doesn't. Well, in that case, here's a question: um, Is Michael Bay a visionary? Or don't no 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 we're no we're done here. No, we're Michael not Bay done. ruined. He he did the first Transformers. Okay, the second one. No, no, the first one was good. Second one was meh. No, 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 no. Uh, oh you got me going now. <laughs> The first Transformers was good. The second one was okay. The third one was meh. I don't know what happened after that with dinosaurs. And then don't even get me started on the live-action Ninja Turtle tri- that that the, 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 oh that he tried to make in the late twenty two thousands, early tens. I'm having a stroke. I can tell. <laughs> All right, Adam. What is your thoughts on James Cameron? Ridley Scott's Alien is one of my favorite sci-fi movies ever. It's one of my favorite horror movie ever. Movies ever. James Cameron directed the sequel, Aliens. Mm-hmm. It tarnishes the legacy and everything that the original stood for by turning a sci-fi horror film into a dumb action movie, and I cannot stand it. Wait, what was the Ridley Scott movie again? Alien. Alien. Singular. Oh, okay. I did not realize that he made the sequel. Okay. Yeah, and it's terrible, and I hate it. Oh, well, yeah. It's. I mean, that's all I need to say there. <laughs> uh... <sighs> so, long story short, stop supporting James Cameron. Please. He's, he's not good. Please. If I have to see another Blue Alien movie, uh, 
I mean, I, I haven't even seen the second Avatar. I don't even care to. I, I haven't man, seen the second Avavatar. I have no interest in seeing yeah. the second Avatar. For, what for some I reason, read, for the life of me, my wife loves them. For for what it's worth, I have read that the plot is the exact same as the first one, which is the exact same plot of as Pocahontas. Mm-hmm. So it's during the fact time. that he recycled the first villain from the first movie. Well, yeah, he brought him back as an alien thing, which doesn't even make that much. I knew, which doesn't make sense because that guy absolutely disliked them so why would he even have a backup body to put himself in if he were to die that's like yeah it just doesn't make any sense from a plot standpoint it's dances with wolves and kevin costner did it better first so yeah, somehow kevin costner did it better yeah I love me some <laughs> kevin costner uh, oh well that's never that's another discussion yeah. yeah, I think we've made our point. Yeah, and before we derail any further, Josh, <laughs> would you please close in prayer? <laughs> Absolutely, anything to get this out of my mouth, Lord. Once again, I just thank you for the opportunity to speak with these two gentlemen uh, through the shenanigans, through the uh, Christ-centered conversations um, about what our workplaces look like and how we can serve you in those, um, both outwardly and inwardly. I just pray as we go out that we can take something from each other and uh, apply it to our own lives. Amen. 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 I'm going to have to go watch some Star Wars to forget about James Cameron. Yeah, get the gunk out of your mouth. I'm mad at you. Actually, no. I think I'm going to finish One Piece live action with Sarah tonight. So I want to watch that so bad, but oh, we don't so have good. Netflix. I don't even I... like... I've been watching clips, especially with uh, with Hawkeye or, or with Mihawk. Mm-hmm. And, oh, he kill... whoever they got for Mihawk kills it. Mm-hmm. Nails the mm-hmm. character. Oh, and you want to know the best part? Hmm. Nami, like they wrote, like in our day and age, they wrote her to be a strong feminine woman, but like it's not overtly like she's butch, but yeah. like she's, um, she, she's balanced. She's still scared. She still is a, a person. She's not this in crazy, incredible Ray type character. Uh, Mary Sue, yeah. I think they called them. Mary Sue, yep. I believe. All right, I gotta go because Carlin's yeah. going to bed. Right. I also have to go. All right, see yep. you guys. Good talks, lads. Yep. Night.